today is Cinco de Mayo, uh, which means Tim Coron um, is away celebrating with his family. Um, but we're going to continue playing. He may join us tonight in person. We're hoping he'll come about mid-break. But um, it's a pretty important holiday for him and his family. So he will be away probably tonight. Uh, but we decided to play anyway because uh, game ain't over yet. And we got a lot ahead, a lot ahead of us. Um, so I think uh, to get us started, um, we can go ahead and we'll go ahead and do our, uh, let's start with our coin rolls. So I've got one and let's see what everybody else has. There's a five. Oh, sweet. I rolled a five. Five as well. Jeez. Nice. I'm pulling a Ben. Okay, three. Keep dropping it. Okay. Keep rolling off the table. Yeah. Ah! Okay, so we got uh, three... a game till that happens. <laughs> three points for players. I'll put them here in front of uh, Nick. Okay. He'll be coin coin king. Um, coin king. Coin king. Um, king of the coins. King of the coins. A king of the coins. <laughs> uh, ew, David. Um, sorry, I'm thinking of uh, Shit's Creek. So let's do initiative now. What do we got? What do we got? We're pretty good. Turn some music on to get us going. Twelve. Creepy. Twelve. Sixteen. <laughs> nice. Nice. Did you roll low? <laughs> I rolled a five. Yeah, that's yeah. I'm guessing that Keegan has the lead. <laughs> I would assume. Yeah, Keegan. We know, we know Keegan wins ties. Yeah. <laughs> I'm gonna have to fight my urge to like turn toward look at the screen. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So I'm looking at the camera. It's a, it's it's like a muscle memory that I think I've built up, and because I'm sitting differently than Nick, he's sitting across from me today. Uh, it's a little weird. A little weird. Um, here soon. But oh yeah, we'll be able to just look at each other. Yeah, uh, real real quickly. Uh, where is everybody on their countdown for for COVID? One day. One day. Mm-hmm. Wow. I just got my second d- today. Sweet. How you feeling? I feel all right. Good. I'll let you know if that goes. Anywhere different, but (laughs) (laughs) I'm just like (laughs) 12 days. 12 days. 12 days of COVID. I got my second. Hopefully, now I can lower that. Right. No one wants 12 days. So, Adam, when are you planning to return? Uh, You know, like uh, definitely when Jen is fully vaccinated, which is two weeks from Sunday. But the way I figure it is like, you know, might as well, if it's a week, might as well just wait until Mike is right. You know, safe you can, and then absolutely. Yeah. I mean or it's one can, week. One week. <laughs> yeah. And then we have to figure out who's driving. And then so, I no. I'll drive first because uh when got a new car. <laughs> yeah, when yeah. when the pandemic first came about, I didn't have a car. So yeah. I should I should definitely drive first. Because okay, he drove last. He needs to practice again. Like, no, we go off of who drove last and he drove last. It's I guess I would have drove last. Yes, I've been I've been postponing buying a new car because I don't 
go anywhere. <laughs> you know, right now they're buying cars for really cheap because nobody's selling them. That's so they're buying cars at like really high prices. Really? Yep. They don't have used inventory. Uh, that's what my dealer said. Interesting. So there you go, everybody. Life tip. Sell your car and your house right now. Seriously. Yeah, it's definitely a seller's market. So do you think um, <laughs> we would want to plan then for the 19th to return in person? That's two weeks from now. It's up to Mike. I'm fine with that. Okay. Cool. So May night, May 19th. Yeah, what, what are we what are we catering in? That's right. We'll figure we'll figure that out next week. <laughs> I, I have to see when Jason's gonna be able to make it again. Oh yeah. So, to be to be clear, um, won't be swapping swapping to this flavor to Queen of Embers <laughs> for that. Oh, right? okay. We're gonna have a, con a conversation off camera about this because we may have two new players. Desperation of Embers. Potentially even three players joining the game. Oh my god. Yeah, uh, I'll tell you off, off off camera, but we've got an influx of people who've been apparently wanting to play in our game for all who have never played with us. Oh, Nine people around the table. You're you insane, this. Dan. We'll see what we'll see what happens. We'll, we'll do staggered seating. Like you but sit at the table when it's your turn. Yeah. But we're looking yeah. at Sarah and then Sonia, who I don't think you I don't think anyone's around the table is about Sonia, but we'll talk about that later. Um let's actually start playing. We have all we all have all initiative determined we've got uh -huh. coin pools determined let's talk about what happened last week on session 26 of desperation point tim is not here unfortunately but um we should still pick up from what happened from there what happened so you so you de you definitely made it back to sentinel pines and that's kind of where we picked up the game so we kind of did a somewhat of a round of uh introductions with tim's character who had somewhat of a a mild case of memory loss what we could tell uh been through quite a lot so it made sense his his, his new character is chauncey redding a former player character from mm -hmm. six actual years ago seven yeah, yeah. Mm -hmm. at least at least seven yeah so we um, kind of went through a process involving, you know, getting him back up to speed with what the storyline thus far had gone. Um, and then we finally landed on it, on what our next steps was, which was to um, track down Otrig and Otrig's um, rival whose name was Spite. Spite. Thank Spite. you. Right. Which would take you really deep into Gwarhoth. Mm -hmm. At the furthest north the game has ever been. But actually, yes, the furthest north the game has ever been. Or back to somewhere we even, like this gaming group has not ever been to. Um, take you all the way from the pass into Gwarhoth, then from Gwarhoth to Dunmodra before the foot of the Andals Bridge, which is where the Aridane, it's the first place the Aridane came after they came to this continent in the Second Age. And then from the Andals Bridge, we'll find your way to the Black Hinge. And um, leading the way is a Pictish woman, Annika, and her husband, Dane. Because she, because remember, Gwarhoth is the home of the Pictish people. Um, 
And uh, so, I mean, the Pictish at this point have always been kind of in the periphery of the game. They've kind of come up as enemies or they've been seen in other games. We never had a player character as a Pict, I don't think. Um, and now we actually have a Pict in the party. So they'll be, we'll be going to their homeland beyond the Horned Society. Um, so yeah, everybody gets 50 reward points. We, did we cover everything? We did not cover Oh, I'm so sorry. Oh, no. Right. no. Oh, that's right. Uh, right. Then, it was, then it was adventures in trying to become a Pokemon master. Yes. Yeah. I want to be the Pokemon. very best that no one ever was. <laughs> so we went off with uh, uh, Osbert and um, I'm going to change my uh, uh, Shug, Keegan. Uh, yeah, I got to change my Very arduous territory. Yeah. Um, it was like and, a winter cenote. <laughs> Frozen. Um, yeah, we we went off to go and try and get uh, what I'm assuming is a bald eagle, um, but a very very large bird. Um, and so we came across this cave wall that we had to climb up, and thankfully because someone thought to grab uh, our crampons and rope. Yeah, uh, <laughs> yeah. That one uh, it made it a little bit easier. And I remember you had to pass through the glacier too to get there. Oh, that's true. Yeah. yeah. Um, had to squeeze through. And uh, through an the, ope inning. Yeah, yeah. It just squeeze on by ope inning. Um, so the we climbed up. We and. Two of us made it up there, and it was really dangerous looking. And so we thought, why make Keegan risk his own life? Because you know we're just going to go up and and fetch one of those birds, right? It'll be no problem. <laughs> and well, uh, we were noticed by uh, one of the one of the adult eagles, and um, oh, yeah. Osbert Osbert got the uh, wrong end of a talon but he pushed through and um we were able to get the eagle down on the ground and uh, i was able to put a hood over it because through the use of a uh, coin uh uh just you know manifesting a hood and uh putting that over the bird so that um it can't see and it calms down yeah that's right that's right and uh so that's pretty much where we left it, where um, uh, Osbert is still potentially bleeding out. It's a good thing I've got a bandage on me, but... Uh, oh, he's no more injured. Oh. Yeah. Oh, okay. Remember the cloak? Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, okay, but, uh, you know, the whole time, Keegan's sitting down there like, uh, there's trouble, I heard a gunshot, and you told me to yeah. stay. So... <laughs> Yeah, you were you were in blinding light. You know, it's funny um, regarding the eagle. So first off, um, there are fifty reward points for a buddy. Um, you do have uh, so you have the stats now for the eagle from Flames of Freedom, yeah. which is basically a snow a snow eagle. We will call it a okay. snow crest a snow a snow crested eagle. How about that, okay. which has uh, its plumage is 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 grayish white and then it's the it's cap over its head with these feathers that kind of they're so white they're almost blue 
um, on the undersides of it because they're kind of purplish from the the feather, whatever the I don't know whatever the piece of cartilage that runs through the, the the feather itself has all this kind of blue tinge, so it kind of resembles the surrounding ice. Um, and you, of course, were were up here, and it's um, blinding light where this nest is. But yeah, you have an adult an adult snow crested eagle at this point uh, in your pokeball, uh, Collinsworth. <laughs> nice. All right. Um, so. We'll, we'll kind of assume that you'll be able to get down without trouble. Okay. Um, if only to expedite your way back to Keegan. And remember, uh, he is at the bottom of this deep, deep cavern. You imagine like those caverns like in South America that have collapsed inward and have their own sort of ecosystem inside of it. Yeah, um, I remember yeah, that, yeah. Some, some Keegan, where you're at, you can see, of course, the... They call that the the rock that the flow rock, whatever it's called, um, where you came through the fissure, you came down into here, and they descended up to these old using these crampons and old ropes and spikes, spikes that had already been driven into the stone, coincidentally. And you found a mess of bones at the bottom, if you recall, like one body that had been so desiccated it's just bones at this point. Another that was kind of fresher, um, that's been partially preserved in the cold. And um, they descend down the rope, um, coming down with this massive, massive eagle. Um, and obviously, you have the eagle stats now. Eagles, man. Um, to reference the eagle from uh, Flames of Freedom. I think I did. Did I send that to you, or do you already have it? Uh, I have it. Okay. I took I took it from the, um, the PDF. That's right. So, uh, quick point of clarification regarding airborne creatures. This is important to know. This actually came up in Discord. Um, Irene DB brought it up. The question was, how do you treat flying creatures? And the, the answer is, uh, a flying creature cannot attack while airborne unless it charges. Mm -hmm. And it will make an opportunity attack during its movement and continue its movement. So okay. as an example, the eagle has a 15 flight value, fly value. So to charge, it would it may go, remember you need to, to charge, you need to go a certain number of yards if you want to get the bonus, but nonetheless, let's say it could fly, it could technically charge up to 30 yards, right? So it could go 10 yards, Opportunity attack with beak and claws and continue onward for the remainder of its distance if it wanted to. And it's the only way that an eagle can attack, but uh, keep in mind, and this is not really explained well in the rules because flight is not necessarily something that's baked into flying in general. Mm -hmm. um, an eagle can't just simply turn around and charge and charge and charge and charge back and forth. You'll need to spend an action point to turn. Okay. So um, I would just keep that in mind. Yeah. Um, and obviously, because we're working in a three-dimensional plane, and, and Mike's kind of already accustomed to this, but we just have to be careful um, about how we treat this. Uh, but nonetheless, um, <clears throat> yeah, you've got uh, you've got your your eagle stats. So I have a, I have a couple questions regarding yep. the ruling. Yeah. So it's not a ruling; it's a rule of ability. Or, or a rule. Yes. Okay. <laughs> so um, yep. So there, the, the eagle is. 
flying in the middle of its movement, it makes a, a, a counterattack. Yes, it makes a counterattack. Okay, so uh, counterattack is a reaction, and you cannot do things like um, aim or... That's right. Uh, you can't do things like... Can't parry, or can't defend. Cannot defend. That's right. You cannot... Fire through, well, fire through peppers doesn't really make sense, but uh, you can't do rough and tumble. That's right. Okay. It's opportunity attack. And uh, I should also note, too, one caveat to that as well is that um, flying creatures do not provoke a counterattack when they make, when they charge in that manner. So even if you have a, re- uh, a weapon with reach, right. it doesn't provoke. Right. That's right. Because of the flying type? <clears throat> because it is an airborne creature. It does not provoke. Let's actually take a look. Let's know it. Let's do this. Let's take a look at Flames of Freedom. Okay. Uh, let's look at the rules specifically uh, for flight. Um, because I think this is actually brought forward into the combat chapter for Flames of Freedom. This will be a good exercise for us. So we're just looking at why handle rules earlier this week. Okay. Here's what it says about flying foes. Unless you are the same, uh, unless you are at the same altitude as a foe in flight. Being on its back, having climbed onto it, the foe cannot be targeted with melee weapons or rough and tumble. Makes sense. Anytime that a flying foe is made to bleed or suffers an injury, they must succeed a toughness test or be forced to the ground prone. Um, if you want to bring a flying foe down, make an athletics or ride test opposed. If you like, want to jump on the back of it as an example. Um, so this is interesting because I had forgotten. Um, that we actually, that I actually removed the that whole continue flying opportunity attack thing in Flames of Freedom to vastly simplify. The use yeah, because it was definitely that way in Zweihander, where you would move, make your attack partway through, and then yeah, continue so, your movement. So I think what we'll, I think what we'll do. Uh, so let's let's ignore what I said before. Let's follow okay. Flames of Freedom. So you would hustle, fly, fly. Basically, you'd fly. You make your attack, like you'd fly X number of yards, you'd make your attack, it's assuming you're still in the air, right? Um, and then you can continue your movement if you want to, but you would provoke an opportunity attack. If you so, continued moving. If you continue, yeah, if you continue moving. Okay. So um, the question is, this is what we need to figure out, is that um, if a creature is in flight, so it hustles, it attacks, and its turn is over, is the assumption that it stays in the air or is the assumption that it's on the ground? I would say the assumption is that it is in the air, but it is within range. Like if it stops there. That's right. Um, Because like when when a bird of prey is coming down, sometimes, you know, I again, I'm not that much of an expert on this part. I've only ever ever held them, but uh, (laughs) like... uh, sometimes the pictures I see, they're actually like spread out like this and their feet are yeah. forward. Yeah. And so I would say that they could like yeah. flap their wings and say, I don't know though. Just to clarify, unless you are at the same altitude as a foam flight, it cannot be targeted with melee weapons or open tumble. So if you fly and attack, they're technically at the same altitude, mm-hmm. even though the thing may be hovering off the ground, right, right. three yards or whatever it may be, or one yard. So, Let's just keep that in mind. And remember that um, if for, and if the assumption is that it's hovering one yard, 
If it gets knocked prone, it will suffer falling damage. Mm-hmm. If that's the case. So that's yeah. the caveat. So the question is, just to rephrase this, is that do we want the the flying do you want the flying eagle to to fly and attack and now it's on the ground? Or do we want it to fly and attack and it's still in the air? And if it gets knocked prone, it suffers falling damage. Because that'd be one plus one d ten yards. Or plus one plus one d ten damage. Because you fall one yard, it's one d ten plus one one d ten be- plus one damage per yard. Would it be possible to make them choose? Like to, nah, to... Confusing. that's too confusing. Uh, I think we need to rule it one way or the other. Because I'll forget and you'll forget, and then it'll be confusing. I think we just need to make a, a general rule. Well, I would say unless specified specifically, which could also take extra action points or whatnot, that sure. they would be that they would still be in the air. Sure. I have another question. Yes. Hypothetical. If I were fighting a flying creature, would it be possible for me to hold my action until the creature was in range and attack it? If you waited. Absolutely. If I waited. Okay. Okay. Absolutely. So would that interrupt the creature before it was able to attack? Great question. If, so it, if I had a reach weapon. We've got it. Well, we've got a um, we got an answer for that. Um, so uh, we need to look at weight. You ought not to attack, holding all APs in reserve to act later. You must act before your next turn begins. You cannot take two turns back to back. Uh, if you want to interrupt a turn, you have to spend a coin. Okay. Yep. So that's yes. what you'd have to do. Yes. Okay. Uh, to clarify about reach, would you attack it before it reaches you? Sure. Um, but let's clarify reach uh, from the perspective of Plants of Freedom, just so we're all on the same page. Um, whenever a foe charges or runs to engage or disengages, you make a counterattack with this weapon. Mm-hmm. So if Adam plays it smart, he will hustle, not charge. Unless he really wants that additional damage. Because remember, an eagle is does 2d6 plus Already. Yeah. And it has the sweeping quality. <laughs> Which is nice. Uh, because sweeping quality um, allows them to knock foes prone. Yep. So sweeping yeah. says specifically after hitting a foe at this weapon, but before damage is dealt, they must resist using coordination or be knocked prone. When they resist, they flip to fail. So the bet, like if we were to sit here and optimize it, if we we're gonna, I'm gonna put on my mic hat for a second. Um, I would want my eagle to the be so the we have to assume, just for sake of clarity, this eagle is not in flight at the beginning of combat. It's somewhere near where Adam's at, and Adam will, quote, swap places, or sorry, Collinsworth, Collinsworth will swap places with the eagle, and the eagle will be on the ground, right? We agreed that way we kind of worked. This is like, we swap Collinsworth out for the creature that he's tamed, he's fighting with, and Collinsworth, quote, disappears. Yeah, Uh, I'll jump first. That's right. Uh, it's like the Lancer ability. tactics. But he he disappears, animal appears as as the animal tamer, right? So what happens after that is we assume that the eagle's on the ground, so it must, it has to fly. It has to pick mm-hmm. itself up off the ground. So you'll say, all right, I'm going to go five yards up in the five yards up in the air, and then I'm going to move the remainder of my movement 10 yards to, um, to hustle, and then at the, and I'll terminate the end of the movement with my um, melee attack. 
And I assume we're not going to get crazy with the Pythagorean theorem and all this stuff when it comes to evil movement. We will not. And we've dealt with some of this with Calvin already. Um, the, the, the difference, though, for Calvin is that Calvin has like has to roll coordination tests is baked into the spell mm-hmm. for flight. Um, this is what Collins, this is what animal have to deal with is like not only does it have the opportunity, not only does it have the broken wings drawback, which is mm-hmm. you're grievously wounded crash you hit the ground but he also has to contend with the suffers an injury um or made to bleed um sorry let me clarify real quick yeah if it suffers an injury or made to bleed it must succeed yeah, the or be forced to the ground and knocked prone suffering falling damage take these broken wings but trust me i'm gonna have somebody crawl up on the back of that damn eagle and try to take it down <laughs> <laughs> With an opposed test, but to be fair, the opposed test they had to beat you by three times. <laughs> your BB, <laughs> so it's going to be tough. Um, nonetheless, because I want people. I mean, it's the whole thing of like, how do you treat taking down a dragon in flight? Well, mm-hmm. use ranged weapons or magic, but we want to invoke the. You know, it's like we want to do Shadow of the Colossus style takedowns, right? So, um, yeah. So I hope that clarifies some of the flight stuff. I think with with Mike, it's a little simpler. But um, thanks for being our bird law even, expert. Al- although, yeah. <laughs> although I will clear, there's another point of clarification here. Mike can also be brought down through a bleed or an entry too, if he if he's attacked while on broomback because it's all flying quote all flying creatures foes however you want to qualify it. Um, anybody in flight has to deal with that. Uh, so Mike's but Mike can move fast. <laughs> cast spells from the back of his broom (laughs) broom back mountain uh my only remaining question is okay so i understand that you know you use your movement however you choose to move Uh you you attack and you can stay there but is there still an option to keep using your movement even though you'll suffer an opportunity uh, a counter attack yeah you just hustle again you wouldn't use the same you hustle again so right so i would have to use another ap yeah that's right that's right yeah. In fact, I recall now. I remember the reasoning why that was changed is because it does get uh, can can confusing or it can be. So the eagle can use rough and tumble. Yeah, absolutely. Okay. Yeah, make a an eagle can do a hustle, but a target is. <laughs> could they do a could they do a charge rough and tumble? It has to be a hustle rough, rough and tumble. No, you can always charge for rough and tumble. You just don't get the benefits of the damage. Okay, got it. I mean, you're only getting a plus 10. You might as well just remember the charge is 2 AP. Right. So it doesn't really benefit you. It actually makes more sense to hustle, take aim, mm-hmm. melee attack. Mm-hmm. Yeah, the yeah. only the only reason I would do that is um, if for some reason I didn't feel like I could make that roll or yeah. if I needed the distance, then yeah. I get a little bonus. And I think it's important to remember, too, that an eagle's uh, weapons are weak. So... Mm-hmm. We're still dealing with the, the, the reality that the eagle has talons and people have real damn weapons, <laughs> mm-hmm. which makes like parrying easier just in general. So just keep that in mind. There's that whole thing. Does that help clarify everything about the, the eagle? Yeah. Um, Mike Eagle. So I'm noticing at least here that... Um, Reach is not a quality. 
It's just baked into the distance of the weapon. No, reach is a quality. Um, if you look on page 176, you'll see it. I, I'm sorry, for, for this specific eagle. The beacon talons. That, is, that yeah. is correct because yeah. of its size. So it yeah. can't attack from one yard away because it's, right. it's massive. <laughs> right, big. right. Yeah. But just, yeah, with this specific eagle, it doesn't have the reach that's, quality. So it has the distance correct. of reach, but it doesn't. That's yeah, it, and you'll find what you're going to find in Flames of Freedom, unlike uh, Zweihander, is that uh, large creatures uh, add one yard to distance and huge creatures mm -hmm. add two. Okay. Normalized across the board. So there's yeah. reach and big reach. Well, there's reach and then there's like, there's no need to actually put a quality in there because... We don't want that eagle to suddenly make make counterattacks just because it had just for for distance. So that's yeah. why it's done that way. Yeah. You have the same range as a bayonet. <laughs> it's the it's the when you fight huge creatures like you know the Kraken um, or the journalist. Um, not journalist. Uh, no. <laughs> okay. So any final questions about that? No. Okay. I'll assume that you know the traits and trust and rely on you to deliver. So, <clears throat> back, back to where we left off. Keegan, they ascend down the side of the, the water, the, the ice flow, into this cavern with this massive eagle in tow. And of course it's hooded and it has a, 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 a lash, so to speak, near it. But this eagle's massive. Like, it's not like it's not like, a, imagine like, you know, like Beastmaster with like a falcon or something like that. It's like this, this eagle is as big as us. <laughs> it's about four feet at its crest. Yeah. It's larger than a large child. It's a small boulder, the si a large a boulder, a large boulder the size of a small boulder. If, uh, <laughs> if you're following the whole meme thing on Twitter, um, this is a large boulder the size of a large boulder. Uh, it's a big eagle. It's got a wingspan of a Probably like nine feet. Huge. So you all join together once again, and you squeeze back through the glacier, and you descend down the mountainside back to your encampment, where I believe Osbert and Chauncey and Calvin were. No, I was, I was with Collinsworth. Yeah, so to clarify back at the camp is Chauncey mm -hmm. and Calvin and um, the others. Dane and the others, yeah. Dane and Annika. Right. Uh, and Abigail. Yes. Annika gives the, you know, the finger motion, the big trouble little China thing when you bring back the eagle. I thought you were gonna give her like the like sh finger shoots. Like the double, the double, the double, the, the double pistols. Double pistol. Yeah, I I look I look quizzically and I give it in response. Sure. <laughs> why not? Um, so yeah, you you return back to this snowbound camp where it is cold, very cold, and you had woken this day, and you know that you were at the very crest of the pass. It's only a day from here until you're actually in the land of Warhoff. But you keep pounding the run button, you'll eventually get experience points by discovering Warhoff and Warhoff. Mm -hmm. 
Nice. And welcome to or Dark Souls. Like uh, from here, you can already see where down in the valley beyond the tall, misty mountains of the Horned Society, you can see a very thick, untouched wilderness of soaring pine trees. Not unlike those of Sentinel Pine, um, but there is this there's a sense of foreboding into going into one of the most Call hollowed by any means, but perhaps one of the most fabled places where all boogeymen from Eridane folklore come from into the lands of Glarhab, a, a, a word that Anjka explains as meaning uh, the land of the dead. By the dead, she means the, the, the dead who have been frozen to death. There's like a long were uh, kind of a long phrase she spits out. That's the most literal translation of what Guarhad means. Uh, Collinsworth has it. We had set up camp, right? Yes. Okay. Right. Collinsworth uh, just kind of gets a shill to his spine. Yeah, that well, five from, from yeah, that five from now. She says, by tomorrow morning, by the nightfall, we shall arrive, she says. Nice. Oh, it's the next morning. Okay. Yeah, it's morning. Okay. When you struck out on this foray to find the snow-crested eagle. So, would we, I've had a chance to have my, my uh, wounds treated the previous evening. No. Okay. We'd already done that. Oh, we did. struck out, yes. We'd already resolved all. We'd already, any wound well, treatment that had happened would have happened last game. And if we didn't do it, it didn't happen. Okay. Um, right. But your peril is where it's at. Your damage is where it's at. Um, everyone's at where they're at. Okay. So let's do a quick assessment around the table. Where, where's everybody at? I am grievously wounded. Right. Yeah, remember, we literally stopped right as you got the eagle, so mm -hmm. there would have been no healing yet. Mm -hmm. Right? Moderately right. wounded. What about Keegan? Armed and confused at the bottom of a cliff. <laughs> the whole thing, so <laughs> he's fine. Yeah. Uh, what about Cal Calvin? Uh, so, so Calvin's not hurt, but he was suffering from ignoring three skill ranks. Oh, yeah. Oh, that's right. Yeah, because you guys had it was very, very cold. Yeah, it was. It was tough yeah. in here. Uh, you had actually not finished making camp yet. You just want to make camp for the rest of the day until the following morning. I think so. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. It's cold up here, um, and it makes the the day di difficult to bear. Yes. I do want to cast my new spell. Oh, nice. What's the what's the um, let's let's talk about that spell. Uh, let's for just a reminder for everybody. What's the name of the spell? It's fires touch, I believe. Let me pull it back up. Fires warmth is there. Or fires is it fires warmth or fires? Yeah, it's fires warmth. Okay. Yeah. It was fires oh. something. Yeah. And I don't know why, but my computer searches this PDF so slowly. Yeah. Um. 
keep in mind it only has a duration of six plus WP hours. In your camp. right, so that's eight hours. So my six is fourteen. Yeah. So it'll get it would get us through the night. Yeah, you know if we plan on staying down. That's right. So <laughs> that way at least we can rest a little bit better before we head out. That's yeah. the plan. Teeth are chattering. Um, so go ahead and uh, if you're gonna cast fire's warmth, explain what happens. What did they say? All right. So uh, you see that uh, Calvin kind of has takes one of the coals out of the fire um, and actually kind of like quenches it in the snow that's nearby uh, to where it's, it's still warm, but it's not like on fire. Um, and he um, actually like kind of starts breaking it down and kind of like puts it in his palm of his hand and starts like <laughs> smearing it around. And he's, and he explains to them what he's doing that um, there's a kind of a spell or he'll call it a ritual to make people finally feel better mm-hmm. about it. But there's a ritual where you take a piece of charcoal and I can mark like your forehead and it will provide you the warmth of the fire, even though, you know, you're not, maybe there won't be one nearby. So Ash Wednesday. Yeah, basically. So it's the fire's warmth. And so I will, uh, do it to uh, I think it's up to my willpower bonus which I believe is everyone yeah Uh, so I will go ahead and do it to anyone if anyone refuses it's fine by me they can sleep cold but uh, yeah Yeah. you can pretty much cover everybody what's your what's your WB eight nice yeah so it's a night takes nine minutes to cast so teeth of chatter and you 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 cast your spell it's going to be a standard test all right you want to risk any backlash I will not because I'm already ignoring skill ranks. Mm-hmm. So, I mean, I don't want to get like incapacitated. Oh, yeah. <laughs> so, uh, all right. So, we got ourselves a 49 and a 75 does not make it. Mm. Should I re roll for you? Yeah, that... I'll take the coin if you don't want it. Yeah, sure. I'm going to re roll. Yeah, we got oh, yeah. like a 50% chance here, right, guys? <laughs> all right. That's an 88 critical failure. Nice. <laughs> so everybody suffers 2d10 plus 2 peril. That's the best. Every hour. I think, Calvin, you may be incapacitated from this. Uh, <laughs> we'll see. I mean, you didn't, You generally do roll rocks, so. Yeah. So everybody on the first hour, uh, it actually, the spell doesn't, not only does it not work, you get colder. Um, yeah. You feel like just the, the bitterness of the cold. Um, Which is fair. I mean, I kind of rushed learning uh, the spell. <laughs> yeah, I mean, you know, yeah, sure. I mean, yeah, I guess that kind of makes sense narratively. Yeah, the critical failure impact for Fire's Warmth is pretty severe. So yeah. that first hour, everybody... Oh, <laughs> it's like last week. 17 peril. Yeah, okay. Chatter, chatter, chatter. T-T-T. So if it meets, then I don't go... Like my second one is 17, so I don't I right. only yeah. take one, right? That's right. Now this is physical peril, so my uh one thing doesn't peril. work. So I am just, yeah, peril. It's magical peril, technically, to be fair. Right. Um, so because I have the one I have a trait that with mental peril I take one less step, but that's not yeah. this. So I am now incapacitated. Oh no, six conflict shit. Um well, second hour. It gets colder and colder. Oh, wow. I'm rolling the same thing as last week. 20 peril for the second hour. 
I'm incapacitated. I'm still oh, incapacitated. Do I take another six? Uh, well, uh, uh, unfortunately, remember what happens when you are reaching capacitated in cold weather. Oh, yeah. That there becomes chances for frostbite. Oh, yeah. Um, and we still have nine hours to resolve. So oh, yeah. um, we'll assume. So Calvin, so Keegan, you suffer six conflict. And at this point, you and Calvin are now suffering from frostbite. Um, your fingertips are cold. It's really cold, in fact. Um, and unless you do something about this, um, you are in dire straits. Oh, man. The ritual Gosh. doesn't seem to be working. Let's try light a real fire. So, Keegan, as you look to your extremities and, and, and Calvin's, uh, there's a sudden realization that you're going to have to do something about this or else you're going to lose fingers and toes. All right. Um, I guess I will attempt. Sorry, I'm getting to that point. I was trying Good to, work. I can't, I couldn't remember the name of the treatment, debridement. Debridement, yeah, it's on page 251. And um, if you're incapacitated, you can't succeed. Right. So fail. So we're dead. Unless you have smelling salts. Sorry. Um, yeah, you use, maybe you use smelling salts. Uh, if I'm incapacitated, can I use smelling salts? Yeah, yeah, it doesn't yeah. require a test. You can, yeah, yeah. So you you take the smelling salts and you break the ampule, and suddenly <gasps> you're back to uh, you're, you move one step up the the peril condition track. Okay, which is um, it's good. All right, I guess I'll try the mint on first, you do, obviously you on Calvin. Okay. Um, uh, so you do gain one conflict for that, by the way. <clears throat> and you're going to attempt to use debridement on uh, Calvin? Yeah, Ooh, he's not going to use it on himself first. On yourself? No, what? I said he wouldn't. Come yeah. on now. Uh, it's not like I can do uh, it on myself. Fair point. So <laughs> what do we see? Like, what is, what is, what is, what are, if, if we were watching a movie, what is happening? I don't actually even know what the hell debridement is, if I'm honest. Yeah, so um, it just tells you what it needs. It doesn't tell you yeah. what it is. Immersing, immersing somebody in water, um, scraping away bad flesh, trying to get them warm. Um, Debris is what they typically do too to uh, get away like bad flesh. It's basically cutting away the flesh. Uh, so yeah. that's what you would probably see is Keegan with his teeth chattering and everything, and his hands freezing over, and his skin slightly tinted blue. He's Looking at Calvin, and instead of trying to do anything about himself, he just kind of, all right, and then just goes to work, I guess, because that's oh, all he can do right now. Treat yourself first. You're not going to be good with your, your hands shaking like that. He stops for a moment at what he was about to do, and <laughs> if you say so. I do I say guess. so. All right. So uh, as I'm told, we'll kick in. <laughs> Nice. Do you want to take advantage of your reflection during this time? Hmm? Taking. That's what I said. As I'm told, uh, yeah. that's so my remember, disorder. Remember, you, you gained three conflict for that. Yep. Racking it up. Okay. Uh, what's your current damage condition track? 
I got nine more hours. I'm most likely dead. So let's go with all of the conflict. Anyways, my damage condition track is unharmed. Nice. So we'll treat it as if you're hurt. Because remember, Unless... uh, physician heal thyself. Uh, your chances always go down by minus 10. So it's going to be a routine heal test routine for yourself. Heal. Okay, well, I'm ignoring, all of, I'm ignoring all my skill ranks, obviously, because uh, I don't have four. And oh, no. we'll go with 54 on my heal. Oh, no. Uh, so I got a 42, which actually succeeds without even doing any of the assist dies that I nice. have for, as I'm told. That's nice. Actually, let me try the assist dice. Let's yeah, just see if I critical. can get a crit. <laughs> nope. All right. 42 <laughs> works. Uh, 62 and 82 do not. Okay. So you're no, well, the good thing is you're no longer suffering from frostbite. Um, unfortunately, uh, ironically, frosty. <laughs> yeah. yeah. <laughs> Sorry, Mike. Uh, uh, Calvin is suffering from, uh, from, from this. So uh, do you want to go to work on him? I do have smelling salts if somebody else wanted to, I don't know, pull them from my pouch. Just saying. Uh, Collinsworth will go forward and search his pouch. How many do you have? 18. <laughs> okay. Because I was like, you. Collins like Collinsworth will administer one to Calvin. Sure. And then he'll administer one to himself and they'll, you know. Uh, see if anyone else wants one. Remember, every time you take smelling salt, it's one conflict. That's okay. great. The best. I'll tough it out. Oh, and it does cost a bit. Yeah, you will. <laughs> Trying to do inventory management. All right. And uh, used a bandage for my debridement. So I scraped all of the skin off of my fingers and I started flexing them because I can actually use them again at this point. Now that you got yourself sorted out, how many how many bandages do you have left? Twelve. <laughs> nice. Okay, you may need all twelve of them. <laughs> I, I very well could. <laughs> Gosh, this is the bad thing about traveling in wilderness is uh, once you give you incapacitated, it becomes very difficult to avoid extreme weather. So, um, so Calvin, what's your current damage condition track? Oh, I'm unharmed. Nice. So it's a uh, an easy heal test, Keegan. Okay, so. 74 33 that is a success and i crit one at that not only do uh do you not suffer from debris any longer calvin you also move one step up the damage apparel condition tracks hey yeah you feel much better so how many hours do we have to do this for no uh 14 how uh yeah i is it possible for us to for Calvin to dispel the magic of a critical failure? No, no, it is not. <laughs> Good we're, question, but no. <laughs> we're, we're two hours in. Yeah, uh, you know, I I think I agree with Osbert about the fire. I know Adam knows it won't do anything, but still, um, I think I agree with him about <laughs> the fire. And I would, what I would give for one of your nice cooked meals, Keegan, warm my belly. It's a nice thing that Collinsworth is the one setting the camp. <laughs> I was say Keegan's like, if you can get a fire going, I, I can I can whip up something, hopefully. Uh, so yeah, I mean, since we're up, <laughs> yeah. So you want to spend an hour preparing uh, a fine meal with your yep. capability? Cool. Okay, uh, go ahead and make a um, 
make I think that you were pretty well supplied. Um, but coming out of this, you may not be well supplied because you're in camp <laughs> and you're preparing a fine meal. So everyone, you'll basically spend a day's worth of food for everybody. You don't, we're not tracking this where you have enough food to get there mm-hmm. so far, unless you overextend yourself during your travels to the Anvil's Bridge. So right now you're fine. Um, so go ahead and roll an easy survival test, Keegan. Okay. So Get I, that a, nice. I would oh. have a 70, but obviously I can't use my survival. So that's a 60. Uh, do, you, do you need any help with that? 11. No, I don't. <laughs> no, you don't. Everybody's healed. <laughs> so everybody moves. What, what, what happens when they eat? Uh, okay, so let me get back to that. All right, uh, so the ability that I have is called Feast or Famine. You can attempt a survival or tradecraft test to cook for others. If successful, a number of allies equal to your fellowship bonus moves up the st- one step up the damage condition track positively and recover their condition track, their peril condition track to unhindered, whether they're resting in a dangerous place or not. If your role is a critical success, you affect a number of allies equal to three times your fellowship bonus instead. The character can only gain the benefits of this once per day, and it takes an hour to prepare. It is a warm, tasty meal. And 21 people are how yeah. many I'm feeding, yeah. which, all right. You make too much. You make too much food. No, There's you leftovers. Make, you, you make Hobbs just enough. You make just um, and uh, it's now hour three. So everybody's in, unhindered. And then you all proceed to suffer another 16 peril. Whew. All right. So I went up one because of the smelling salt, right? Or was that just Keegan that did that? You went up one for the smelling salt and everybody went up to, everybody went to unhindered. Yeah, I was going to say you're all unhindered. Oh, I thought that was when you woke up. No, no. It's I'm resting. Mm-hmm. Okay. I feed you. Yeah. Okay. Eat my food. All right, so but I just, I just uh, while I was doing surgery, didn't want you still incapacitated and getting more frostbite. Right. Yeah, yeah. Well, myself. you're all huddled over this boiling cauldron, which is actually <laughs> fitting given that Calvin has learned all kinds of crazy witchy spells. Uh, as he's <laughs> perhaps the one stirring it, we don't know, right? Uh, but it's not even quite, it's not yet midday here in the Horn Society and the coldest past known to man as you prepare to go into Gwarhoth. And we've now moved to hour four. Uh, and you all proceed to set, fucking Christ, 14 peril on the fourth hour. Uh, I would like to try to heal Osbert. Osbert. Osbert, what are you currently, what, uh, bandage up? Yeah, I am currently seriously wounded. Yeah, so, uh, if you look on page 252, it should have your, sorry, uh, my apologies. It's on, I don't know where it's at. <laughs> Two, it's on, it's on 239, no, 240, sorry. <laughs> page 240 is where bind was. I thought I had a bookmark higher up. Right. <gasps> da, da, da. You. <laughs> That's the sound of the bandage opening, by the way. <laughs> Somehow it's duct tape. <laughs> it's duct tape. <laughs> Makes sense. Last of us. <laughs> and you're at grievously? Okay, so no, I'm at seriously. Or seriously. Okay, so it's standard then. All right. Nice. Okay. 36, uh, success. What's your intelligence bonus? Uh six. Nice. So you okay, so you move one step positively. Okay. 
Because remember, uh, whenever you use bind wounds, depending on your intelligence bonus, it'll cost money to go up further. Um, so we're now in hour five. And everyone from the magical Fire's Warmth ritual didn't work out so well. Um, everyone, fuck, I'm so sorry. Uh, 18 peril. I'm rolling these. I don't know what it is with these two green dice, but they're just, I mean, Nick's across the way from me. He can see it. Um, it's bad. Um, the only survivor is going to be Tim's character because he wasn't here. Oh, and <laughs> Osborne. <laughs> but everybody dies. Sorry, we died of exposure. Awesome. It's, what a way to end the campaign. <laughs> it's looking like it may be that way because I'm going to ignore three. Well, I mean, you got to admit it's a cool ending. <laughs> really? Okay. It's a cool ending. It's good. It's good. I know. What a cool way to go. Hour six. Uh, 19 peril. I'm incapacitated. I'm incapacitated. Oh, no. There's it's conflict. Oh, my God. Okay. Um, so it's getting really bad at this point. Um, obviously, uh, you have not realizing you know it wasn't anybody's fault just the luck of the dice roll um weather is really really bad um and as you're incapacitated um it's time to start treating some frostbite um but i think uh you've already used your smelling salt for the day and you've mm -hmm. already eaten your food for the day yeah yeah so um we've we've got we've got some uh we're gonna start losing some fingers and toes Oh God! Can you can you not treat? Frostbite? I can't. You treat. can try it, Osbert. Yeah, yeah, surgical yeah. kit. You want to try? Yeah, I'll try. Who do you gonna treat first? <laughs> Here's the thing. Are you ready? Yeah. Here's the bad part. It takes an hour to treat somebody from frostbite. Mm -hmm. Oh. But uh, let's see. Hold on a second. I double check something here. Sorry, I'm double checking the. <laughs> I just want to make sure I'm not screwing anybody over here. Um, oh, we're all screwed over. It's fine. Don't worry about it. I say, we're all dead. I mean, well, we're, like, we're only like what halfway through this thing. Yeah. Not even halfway. Oh yeah, you're on the. You'll be on the sec seventh hour in a moment. So who do you want to treat first? Um, Keegan, I guess. Keegan, is is there? So just mention a bit disbelief for just for just a second here. We have several NPCs in the party. Can they help? With healing, with debridement or whatever. No. Okay. No. Okay, that's fine. That's fine. Well, I, just, I would. I, just, I would I'm say. I would say they can. I would say that uh, Anjka, who spent quite a bit of time in the wilderness, can probably lend an assist. I think that's fair. Okay. So I mean, technically, they're all dying too. They. They are. <laughs> dying. So. Um, so who are you gonna heal for? Try to debride. Debreed first. Keegan. Oh, Keegan. Okay. <laughs> uh, what's your current damage condition track, Keegan? Uh Unharmed. Okay, so it's an easy heal test, and it, you'll also gain an assist die. Okay, so my heal is fifty-one, but it is not trained, so it is better than nothing. Sweet, really. So I rolled an eighty-six, and let's get that assist die. The six, this assist die is two, so it's a twenty-six, which turns into sixty-two. Which is a failure. Oh, okay. So, um, which would you prefer to lose, Keegan? Toes or fingers? 
Uh, dealer's choice. Oh, oh God! Well, it's your character. Well, I don't think your fr the frostbite would let me choose. Well, can you roll something to randomly? To be, to be clear, it's either toes or fingers, and it's and I would like for you to choose. It's your character. Roll a d twenty. Okay. Like positive ten is fingers. Lower d twenty are disallowed this game. No, there's no d twenty. And that way you know yeah. which finger you lose. Like one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine, ten. What's a d twenty? I don't know, but I'm gonna pull one out. You want left hand or right hand, Keegan? Or left foot or right foot? Uh, oh god. Let's go with let's go with his left foot. Why not? My left foot. Oh no. Okay. Let's go with the toe. Let's go. <clears throat> so uh go ahead and roll uh Nick, roll one d6 and subtract one. Do not roll a six. Ooh, three. Okay, so you lose you have middle toes. toe, right? Uh oh, you three toes. You, so yeah, so under permanent injuries, put missing three toes, and you permanently lose minus one percent to brawn for each. So it's minus three percent brawn now, permanently. Oof. And keep track of those toes because if you ever should you ever lose them again, you could lose a foot. Let's go. Oh, that would so, be a thirty-one brawn, guys. Thirty-one. Oh. oh, oh, God. Sorry about those. Well, beans. the now here's the thing. Uh, you have suffered from frostbite. You can no longer recover steps on your damage condition and peril condition tracks by normal means. And we need to roll for the seventh hour. Everybody suffers. So sorry. Fifteen peril. Huh. What happens if you're already incapacitated, and then that would you would move down the step again, Daniel? You would move down the step again, you would can you? Oh, well, that's actually for stress, fear, or terror. Oh, okay. Um, in, this case, <laughs> in this case, guess what? If you're incapacitated and you suffer peril again, you suffer from frostbite again because you can die from exposure. Mm -hmm. Um. So, what happens now? Osbert, your friends are slowly dying. Um, they, anybody else suffering from frostbite besides Keegan again? Oh God! Now we've got Collinsworth, Calvin, and Keegan. Come on, guys, right foot. Do we go right down, foot, left stomp? We go back down the mountain. It's not going to get any better. Like I, I guess I just continue treating everyone. Like there's nothing else I can do. Right. Um, so hold on a second. Let, let's let's edit the situation somehow. We we got coins here. Um, Beard <laughs> Does anyone have any idea how they'd like to edit this? I've been racking my brain. Yeah, just I can't think of anything yet. But uh, unless there's anything other than smelling salts that can fix peril, I don't know. Can I open up Hobbs like a tauntaun and crawl inside? Uh, and then I'd be Calvin warm <laughs> because because this is this is quote unquote magical peril. Yeah. There's not really much we can do to stop because we can't dispel it. I tell you what, I mean, we could if, we someone, could. if someone wants to spend a determination, like if Calvin wanted to, you could correct this entire. What, what's determination? I have no idea what this determination. Oh, is. That's right. Calvin has zero determination. Uh -oh. Wait a minute. What's coffee do? Coffee yeah. will move you from... Uh, it's movement. 
And yeah, move you from imperiled to unhindered, but it won't help you. Oh, yeah, yeah. Because yeah. once oh, you're well, suffering yeah. from frostbite, you cannot mm. recover your damage or peril right. right. You are dying. So would the determination point get all of us, or do we have to have one per person? I'm sorry? Isn't it usually you have to have one per person to edit it, or would a determination point get <clears throat> all of us? It, it would require one determination for one person to avoid losing more fingers and toes permanently. Okay, if we were to do the determination point, would that completely cure us of the spell effect? I would allow you to avoid, I would allow that specific character to avoid any future risk from frostbite. In the same sense, you may escape death, you may escape frostbite, you may escape frostbite. Okay, I'm going to use my three determination points for everybody. So, okay. Wow. That's a big sacrifice. That's Keegan. Uh, yeah, yeah. I mean, don't, I was willing to turn into Hobbs. Don't do it for me yet. Because so I don't have any arms. Let's here. be clear, though, real quickly. Let, let's clarify. You yeah. don't just spend points and people are magically healed. Determination right. is a narrative. It's a, it's a mechanic, but it also has a narrative twist to it. So if you're going to spend three determination, we need I need you to take the reins as the game master and okay. tell me what, tell everybody what happens. You need to narrate it in the end. Don't, don't spend it for my character. Oh, I don't have four. I only have three. So I'd have to be doing it for Collinsworth, Calvin, and Keegan. Oh, okay, cool. Yeah. yeah. But you don't, you don't get affected by this, right? Not as much, at least? Not as much. No. <laughs> so what happens? Okay. Um, so I would assume, since it's my determination, there has to be some action that was taken on the part of Keegan for this to actually happen. Like storyline, that would make the sen most sense. So at this point, I think what let's go with this um, narratively. Yeah, like like we were reading a story. What narrate the story? So Osbert, uh, you know, Osbert is, has come over at this point. He's he's trying to work on Keegan. He's trying to help warm Keegan up, and he has no idea obviously what he's doing from what Keegan has done. Maybe he just watched him and tried to do it. And as Keegan watches, you know, once again, another part of his body is lost because he is most missing an eye at this point. His toes fall to pieces off of his body. And he stares over at his three other companions that he's watching all of them slowly falling to pieces. So he f pushes Osbert away and gets up. He walks over to Calvin and he pulls off every cloak that he has, grabs the fire. He starts making a smoke tent on him. And as he's trying to just warm him up past the, the you know, point of frostbite, he looks him in the eye and he says, you have to stop this and you're the only one that can. And Calvin is slowly shivering to pieces as Keegan peels off, you know, the, the dead skin that's falling off of his body at this point. And he slaps him across the face, looks at Calvin and goes, it's yours. Now do it. <laughs> and Calvin proceeds to once again cast the spell and actually succeed at this point um, through all desperation and through falling to pieces as Keegan attempts to assist him and deals with the backlash of it, uh, having all of his determination drawn from his body as Calvin finally manages to pull the spell off and stop the suffering of his party. Love it. Perfect. Bravo. And, and bravo to you for making such a serious sacrifice. How much determination do you have now? 
Zero. Oh, no. She's part of the Zero Club. Let's go, Calvin. So, so that, yeah, so on the, literally on the seventh hour, um, this happens. And somehow the three of them inside this tent, they'll manage to survive. Um, I thought you were going to wrap me up in a cloak and drop me in the cauldron like a baby Voldemort. <laughs> and uh and because of the sacrifice i think we're going to just simply assume that calvin is in fact indeed able to cast the spell successfully uh, but unfortunately um the spell goes a bit haywire perhaps because keegan encants the words wrong and it does not help osbert whatsoever as it turns to the eighth hour osbert uh 13 okay peril all right does this move us back to unhindered at this point yeah i'm still missing my toes though right yeah yeah i don't think i ever actually got to lose toes sorry i wanted to lose fingers and toes I i had the uh unnameable die in hand Look, gonna, I'm. I was gonna figure out what I lost. I'm a jealous person, and I'm the only one allowed to lose things. <laughs> okay, it is, okay. It is the it is the eighth hour. Do so you want to do anything before the ninth hour? Uh, I, I can heal him again. Heal who? Oh wait. Uh, well, I was gonna heal Binds, but I can't. I'm no, bind wounds, but thing, I can't. The only thing that can happen at this point is people will start downing laudanum. I'll take a um, smell, smelling salts. Okay. So you break the ampule, gaining one conflict, and um, you manage to to survive. The ninth hour comes around. Dark out now. Wait, I have snuff. Uh, what does that do? Ten peril. Okay. Sun, anyone want to do anything on the tenth hour? What does snuff do again? Look at that. That's what I was trying to look for. 250. 250? Makes you cool. <laughs> it gives you plus 10 to charm, intimidate, and rumor test. <laughs> yeah. But, it may, but if you suffer from stress, fear, or terror, you have to smoke again. <laughs> or else gain additional conflict. Yeah. That is absolutely um, accurate. All so, right. I was just looking through my yeah. stuff. I don't really have anything else I can do. Tenth right hour. Now. Snuff up the snoop. Uh, 13 peril. All right. I have some opium. We can have fun while we're waiting. <laughs> 11th hour. It's late at night, almost morning. Uh, seven peril, the lowest I've rolled a night. I didn't think it was possible for you. Roll below 10. <laughs> 12th hour. Uh, five peril. All right. <laughs> 13th hour. There we go. Just kidding. Uh, nine peril. Okay. And in the final hour, at the crack of dawn, in the midst of the Horn Society, uh, 11 peril. All right. <laughs> so the next morning. Husband's <laughs> like, whatever. <laughs> well, because I don't think you can suffer from frostbite, right? Uh, I can. I just he ignores the first you ignore the first level of peril, right? Yeah. Yep. That's what I thought. Extreme. So the next morning comes, and you've all managed to survive the night. 
pushing through some severe cold here in the mountains at great risk to yourselves and you will carry with you the uh, the sting of that um, that fateful night fire's warmth just failed out um, by the time you wake in the morning fire's warmth is gone the spell is We'll assume it's kind of gone. So everybody recovers to um, immediately. If, if you are, if you, um, you move to imperiled. Yeah. Except for you, of course. You, okay. no, you recovered unhindered, don't you? No. Huh? Because of the, didn't you ignore the effects of nature? Um, you always succeed at skill test to resist the effects of physical peril. Ah, I see. Okay. Yeah. So you're, so you don't recover. To, everybody moves to imperils the next one. Okay. Yeah, everyone is... Ooh, it is a cold morning. Mm-hmm. You assess the situation. Assess, assess, assess. I think, you know, even if it's going to cut to our food stores, we should probably still prepare a nice good meal to get us centered and back on the road again. I agree. I think, I think uh, Calvin and I can the rations you're gonna have to stay longer stay longer okay yeah because remember you made camp I, I i think we should get the hell off this mountain you're in the fifth hour whenever you had oh you okay gotcha gotcha feast or famine all right then. how many hours 17 move on then you need to be here for another five hours okay where you can do it i can make something possibly later um let's just that, that might be the better idea let's let's move on so and I can with treat that, you at that time too. You descend down from the mountain into um, into Guarhop proper. Thank the martyr and the demiurge that we made it. <laughs> Never the, felt a cold like that. If they can even reach that far. Strikes you as a little blasphemous saying that, but well, nonetheless, we are here, so they have some presence here. Isn't that the way the priests say? Is so long as there's belief, they have power. I reckon. Sure. As you descend down the hill, you can make out what would be best described as uh, a a path, a road, so to speak, that was walked by your ancestors uh, when they first came to uh, Bahama, which is the name of the continent that you're on. Um, they traveled through Guarhav beyond the Horn Society and settled into what became Aglador and the Robang Girdle. Um, so you know you walked the path of your ancestors hundreds of years ago who came through here and you're perhaps the first to return back toward what is commonly called the First Shore. And you kind of get this eerie feeling um, as you're kind of descending down the side of this twisting mountain path and along the way, you can see uh, these 
old stone graves. Um, rocks have been stacked atop one another and marked in ancient old. Those who had died from exposure or had been carried while being injured and buried along the road. And uh, this entire mountain path twists through uh, the graves of, of God's knows how many people have died along here. You can see uh, ancient stone carvings of the martyr that predate what you would recognize now uh, as the weeping woman uh, that marks many of these old stone graves. They've been overturned and they fill a field as far as your eye can see between these low stone hills. It's clear that at one point the area you're passing through was perhaps even settled by your ancient Aridane ancestors. Suppose you were right, Collinsworth, at least at some point. Who knows? As he kind of just pauses for a moment, looking over the grisly vista. That's fascinating. I, I didn't know that uh, there would be even any remnants. I'm just kidding kind of steps forward her skin remarkably now even more gray in the dying shadow of daylight the ancestors see then the Aradin had settled along the side of the Horn society that they had been here for five to ten years and had established a place they call Homlet I suspect this is what this is. Homlet. Hmm. You can see kind of what looks like the, the broken foundations of old buildings that have been stripped clean. No standing walls. Just imagine like Grecian ruins, but no standing soaring pillars. Mm -hmm. Just broken walls of homes that perhaps once here buried some half buried beneath the earth, mm -hmm. some still kind of eking out above the ground and marked by this vast, dark, black pine wood, pitch black as night its needles are. Hmm. You can only imagine what the early Andalese who had settled here or came here with mothers and fathers, sons and daughters, babies, grandparents, uncles and aunts that had survived somehow, trapped, unable perhaps even to get through Guarhoth until they discovered the pass. You can only imagine the fate that had befallen them here. You may even wonder if they ever even made it. You know that the Andalese came in several waves. Some remained behind to protect the others in their wake. Could this, could this homlet be that last bastion against the against the the, the uh, Pictish? You're not sure, but uh, you know that you stand in a place that is very ancient and old. This takes me back to the time we, we passed through moss among its roots there. Oh. All those bones, all those mm. restless dead. 
put these here. These here are resting. No stirring among the among them. I suppose it is pretty chilly up here, but you you, you find the word chilly almost funny. How flippant he uses it. But uh, you suppose we can take a moment to honor these dead? If it weren't for them, we wouldn't be here. Sure. Uh, I suppose so. Osbert just pauses for probably a good 10 minutes and just reflects on you know the origin of the Eridane in this part of the world and such the stories you recall from the Librem was a campaign of war if you were to see the story unfold across paper you would see the great shapes a shadow of an army marching across a great un unsullied land and a place that was always trapped in mist and cold it seems like summer has never touched here. It's not snowing, but it is cold. The pages that the shadows erupt across turn to flame and fire. As the stories from the Librum of Bessiah, the very first adherent, the first of the martyrs chosen, leading the people through the mountains, accompanied by a... Um, a, a woman who had become known in latter days as Agravara Priam, uh, who became the second priest uh, of the martyr. You may remember, you may recall this name from the Dunhalla Mystery. In fact, mm -hmm. um, you also know that the steward's chief priest Alatar, uh, a, a warmonger, perished uh, somewhere between Gwarhof and the Horn Society. You suspect that this was the place, but were it not for a man called Eloran, uh, who was the chief priest of the learner, they would have never made it through the pass. The stories tell that Eloran is the one who was able to intuit the way through. And from there, they went southward beyond the Rukenval, settling beyond the Rushwood uh, and the river, and eventually finding Aradé or finding Aglador, or they would call Aglador the second seat, as it translates directly into from ancient old the moment passes and then suddenly Osbert pierces his palm calling upon a dark power to guide their way for the remainder of the journey <laughs> <laughs> oh the affliction uh -huh. the, uh, the Faustian bargain <laughs> appropriate Knowing what gods and demons, uh, we don't we don't have the blessing of a Lauren. We will take what we can get. <laughs> Fair point. <laughs> uh, so uh, tapping into your affliction of Faustian bargain. Excuse me. We will go find out how this works. Attempt a secret test using resolve to plead to some dark power for an ability, favor, or power. So make a resolve test. Okay. Uh, my chance to succeed is 51%. And I rolled a six. You want to keep that? I'll keep it. Okay. 
<clears throat> you feel this tugging would be the best way to describe it. This preternatural magnetism that seems to lead, that seems to draw you north. Like you can feel it in your gut. You can feel it in your heart. You can feel it in the bottom of the pit of your stomach. It is not a pleasant feeling. Imagine the worst heartburn you've ever had. Imagine the worst stomach ache. That is what you have bargained for. And it has taken something from you as you gain nine conflict. But there's an additional cost that you must pay. And mm -hmm. you and I will decide right now what that is. Okay. What is that cost that you're willing? What are you willing to give? What am I willing to yourself? give of myself? Yes. Okay. To take, to find the way north, to find the way to Dunmodra. Um, so when you say giving myself, is that, is that just up for interpretation? It's a, or? Yeah, it's up for interpretation. Okay. Okay. Um, Let me take a look at what I've got. <laughs> Essentially, there is a bargaining happening right now between the dark power that he has called upon, whose name has not yet been revealed, mm -hmm. and Osbert. Uh, I will bleed myself for a little bit longer and uh, move down one step on the damage condition track. The dark power rejects that. Okay. Where did, you, what, where did you move to? Uh, seriously wounded. Okay. Roll uh, 2d6 chaos dice. There's a six. We'll see if this is an appropriate sacrifice. <laughs> do, 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 do. Roll percentiles. Actually, I don't need to. Just need to go to uh, what, would be, what would work best here. Um we'll assume that um, you have a lacerated shoulder okay you are bleeding and you must be treated you see Keegan immediately that uh, that Osra begins to bleed profusely the dark power says not enough. Mm. Give me one of your memories. That will satisfy me. Okay. Give me one of your talents. Oh, I see. All right, then. I will give... I will give it forked tongue. Okay. There's a piece of your memory. You can feel like a twinge of pain in the back of your head and your vision blurs in your left eye and that blurriness does not go away. It will restore in, in, in perhaps a few hours, but you've given up a memory. You will no longer possess the, the talent of forked tongue, nor can you gain it back. Mm -hmm. The dark power is pleased. The dark power you know as the crouching one.
Do I hear any of this or do I just see him all of a sudden start bleeding profusely and grabbing at his shoulder? He just begins bleeding his shoulder and this is all happening internally. It's an internal turmoil that's happening at this point. Gods, I thought I stopped that bleeding and step over and bind him up. But as your, uh, you must treat injury. So you bind him for free, so spend one bandage and you'll need to treat his injury. Which current damage? Seriously, Seriously wounded. wounded. Yes. Okay. Yeah. So, your chance to heal. Um, just you know what the stats. You know what the rolls are. Yeah, I'm bringing the page. I'm getting back to the page. Sorry, PDF speed. Slow. Yeah. PDF speed. Yeah. It should be. I blame two. Adobe. Yeah, it should be two. F- two forty. Two forty something. 240. Yeah, 240. Sorry, 241. My apologies. Yeah, I just know healing starts at 240. Um, yeah, 241. Yeah. So, treat injury. Yes, mm-hmm. seriously. He has one injury, so it's routine. Okay. Twenty-four, I'll get it. Nice. Uh, so, you'll be in to recuperate. Roll 2d10 at 2, if you will, Osbert. 16. Yeah, it takes 16 days to recuperate. Uh, while recuperating from a lacerated shoulder, um, you start your turn with two less AP. You witness this kind of strangeness with Osbert. And he turns to you with one eye, completely not just bloodshot, but pitch black. The white of his eye as well. Uh, are you all right? I mean, other than spontaneously Osbert. busting into bleeding and. Osbert motions with his good arm. You see what happened to them? And they had the guidance of Alorn. I call upon the powers, the the gods of this this land to guide us. I'm the only one here that has the means to sacrifice what he may. We will survive. We will survive. We'll survive. (laughs) Anjka leans into Collinsworth and says, he's the devil in his eye. And we'll take a quick break here. For our listeners, we'll be right back. Okay, so we're back, or in the case of people who are listening or watching, it was like one second. <laughs> we time traveled. <laughs> Whoosh. <laughs> um, so, yeah, so we know that Osbert made a, a Faustian bargain and sacrifice, and of course he now has the devil in his eye. <laughs> so, I'll mark that down. Osbert. As the devil, it's definitely a distinguishing mark <laughs> in his eye. Yeah, yeah. Change your distinguishing mark to devil in his eye. Has the devil in his eye? <clears throat> and you feel this intense kind of pulling to go north. So, um, 
you will have to continue your your overland travel. This is the way. <laughs> this is the way. <laughs> Literally. <laughs> Literally. This is the May. Yay! <laughs> you do have those giant elk, which is nice to ride on the back of. Um, and you see a, a dark, impenetrable forest before you. As you prepare to ride via elk back through Guarhav. And um, this leg of the trip is basically um, it's Guarhav to Dunmodra. So let me mark this down real quick. You know that Dunmodra is one of the foremost abandoned castle keeps of the Pictish or would serve as a castle keep. You don't really know what to expect when you get there. You've not really inquired much on that whole business with anyone. Hmm. Well, at least it's warmer here, right? Than the mountain? Yeah. (laughs) It's true. Quite a bit. All right, I'm getting my sheet ready here real quick so I can prepare everything. All right, you check your provisions, you ensure you have everything together and you prepare to travel, anything you wish to do before you embark upon uh, Overland travel again? Uh, no, not, not me. Yeah, I'm good. You are provisioned, you are prepared, and you're ready to strike out. We will first need to choose the trailblazer, the guide to the journey, folklore and navigation. I can tr- give it a good old college try. Mm-hmm. Oh, seems kind of like Osbert should do that. Yeah, that makes sense. I know. Okay. Stand sure, aside. Osbert. Yeah, no problem. I'll uh, I'll help somewhere else. Okay. Next, we have our quartermaster. You'll be vigilant. You'll be watchful. You'll manage foodstuffs, provisions, track wildlife. You need to build. You'll build fires, seeing to the camp's comfort. Who will be the quartermaster, healer, survival? I'm thinking uh, probably one of you two, because I think I'm going to have to do the scout. I can. I don't care. I got survival. Or I can assist. It doesn't matter. You should always assist, Keegan. That's what I figured. So it'll be Calvin. You'll be the quartermaster? Yeah, Calvin will work as the quartermaster this time. Okay. And then finally, we need our scout. You'll track ahead, looking for signs of danger, set the watch, determine the safety perimeter, and ensure their hazards are avoided. This is stealth or awareness. Yeah, Uh, that'll be me. Okay, Collinsworth. All right. Now, who needs the most assistance? Since I can only assist, I can only assist in one place, right? 
Correct. I'll be using stealth. I have stealth. If you'd like, I can assist you. I have a 52. Uh, base chance. Uh, Calvin, what do you have for your base chance? Oh, for my uh, survival? survival, I have a. Um, I will generally have a, a fifty-six. Uh, I'd say the survivalist. Okay. Yeah. Alice is Calvin. Okay. I don't think Osbert needs help. <laughs> well, Osborne needs help. I don't think he needs help. <laughs> He's a special kind of help. Um, your tra- your trailblazer starts the journey. It'll be a challenging skill test. Okay. And this is navigation or what? Folklore or navigation. Folklore or navigation. Okay. And you'll gain assist die because you have the devil in your eye. <laughs> All right. Folklore is intelligence. So you said it was challenging? Yes. 61% chance to succeed. It's uh, 15. Yeah, 15. Success. Well, the good thing is, is that um, Osbert uh, is going to with with the with the 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 his dark allegiance. <laughs> He will actually make the road there, the path there, uh, significantly easier, um, as future tests are now standard instead. Pretty nice. All right, you are only just a little bit of the way there. Everyone needs to immediately make a standard. Sorry, yeah, a standard uh, survival or toughness test to endure the road. You need not make one Osbert because you do not suffer any penalties. Okay, uh, 60. I failed. You keep moving your legs, keep your eyes open, and you push, push, push through this dark forest over the next several days. What did you say the difficulty was? Standard. Oh, okay. I made it. What about you, Collinsworth? Oh, no. Ew. All right. Um, well, the terrain's a little difficult um, as you suffer nine peril. That brings us next in the middle of the journey for the quartermaster to see how well the provisions are keeping up, ensure everybody's eating their their day's worth of provisions, not overextending. And remember, you've just enough supplies to get there, to get to where you need to go, to the Black Hinge. So our quartermaster will need to make a standard heal or survival test. An assist. Right, it's normally a 56. And I rolled a 36. I rolled a one and an eight. Either way, succeed. Succeed. Well, the good thing is over this entire trip, you'll only expend a day's worth of provision for each day of the trip for everybody, which is good. Um, So I make sure that you're making certain that you're not going hungry by any means um but this is a this it is not easy to get to dunmodra you will all need to continue enduring uh the trap the travel so 
Um, all of you need to attempt a standard survival or toughness test. Osbert, you don't need to. Ooh, I critically succeeded. Nice. 22. Succeed. Succeed. Nice. Uh, well, uh, you would normally just share your comfort with somebody else. Mm -hmm. But I'm actually going to move one of my coins back into your pool. So I have hey. one coin and you have four. Good. <clears throat> and you're preparing to kind of finish the, 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 the Overland Trek some number of days later and you move through this dark, near impenetrable forest and you've always had this kind of feeling that there's things in the periphery, there's sounds in this wood you haven't heard before. The whole place just feels very alien and otherworldly. Um, this does not sound like any normal forest that you've been through. It just has this whole kind of inherent spookiness to it. It's always cast in these kind of grayish black colors. The sun doesn't really seem to penetrate the grounds here. The, it's always covered in like dying leaves. Um, it feels much like autumn here despite the fact that it's summer beyond Gorhog. Um, so we need our uh, scout to make a standard uh, Awareness or stealth test. Oh, hang on. Sorry. <coughs> My cable was sl slipping out of the old computer. All right. So uh, standard stealth? Yes. Okay. 52 and a 20 will succeed. <laughs> okay. Um, well, the good thing is, is that, you know, you feel that your watches are fairly effective, um, that Collins, despite the fact that you're strangers in a strange land, um, in a world that um, is highly dangerous, one could say, uh, you feel pretty confident that um, with the watch schedule that Collinsworth has set and your kind of eyes and ears for danger, um, that if something happens upon you, uh, you will you won't have to jump, but with how you're traveling, you're moving through the, the, the places off the beaten path. You're moving through mm -hmm. low dells in the forest. You're finding that you're moving more so often at night than during the day, just for extra precaution. And that will reduce the threat level, which is good because it is, it was highly dangerous. Mm -hmm. <laughs> uh, it is not highly dangerous. <laughs> <laughs> uh, it, it is it is only moderately dangerous. So uh, as the trip is 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 drawing to a close, um, we need to see if there are any random encounters, um, and I will need Adam to roll two d six chaos dice. There we go. Let's see if there are any sixes and two threes. So. Well, you, you continue pressing onward um, and you feel pretty confident uh, that you're going to make it to Dunmodra. Um, you stop somewhere along the path sometime between early morning and dusk of so dusk um, and, you, and you ignite your final fire your final fire until you know that you will come to Dunmotra. And the reason why you know you're growing close is because the force has become far more sparse 
um, and the forest almost turns to uh, into low mesas. Mm. It uh, the forest breaks apart. It kind of gives way to these deep canyons and these gray, stark gray canyons um, with these uh, lines kind of up beside them that shows the, the, perhaps the, where the water was or whatever may have been through here over ages ago as if some great glacier had carved these places millions of years ago, well before um, even the firstborn, the gods of, uh, of the covenant uh, were, were alive during the primordial chaos of, of Mahola, um, you find your way into these low mesas. Imagine like middle of Arizona at night. Um, it's vegetate. It's, 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 there's vegetation that grows in places. Um, despite the fact that it seems like there's two biomes are almost clashing together, like the deep, damp, tall pinewood forest that conflicts with, um, the tall rising mesas of Gwarhoth, um, you know, you feel confident, Osbert, that you're drawn near Dunmodra. Um, you have seen at this point signs of people passing through. Um, you have seen all manner of hoof prints from other beasts that wander around here. Uh, just the night before, you could have sworn you'd seen um, these great shaggy beasts that would resemble oxen, but were all so far off in the distance you couldn't even begin to catch them. Um, but the place is eerie and strange as you bed, uh, ready to bed down toward dusk as you've been traveling during the evening as Collinsworth is kind of set uh, the, tra the travel to do so. What happens during um, when you set that last fire? Journeys coming to an end. We're just about to jump Dunmodra. I can I just know it. We'll be there tomorrow. Mm, fantastic. How can you be so sure? Osbert closes his one good eye. And looks directly at Collinsworth with the black one. I just know. Collinsworth like looks at him strange and just gets kind of quiet. Like a little uncomfortable and tense. The the few moments of silence is broken by the squirrel of kite and the yet unnamed snow capped eagle that are mm. that are slowly kind of encircling the encampment. So, what are you going to name that old bird? I'm not you sure. Know whether, you don't even know the sex of the thing, do you? Can you tell? Oh, yeah. it is female. We can always call it Big Bird. <laughs> well. That didn't start with the C. Well, no, no it doesn't it's Hobbs. To. No. <laughs> I mean, could call it Susie. You know, damn near tore my eyes out. <laughs> yeah, this one, she doesn't seem to like Calvin very much. Or perhaps Calvin doesn't like her. I don't know. But 
you know, Calvin and Hobbes can go off by themselves and leave yeah. Susie alone. She's not holding any hard feelings against me, would you say? We had a little tussle, but, you know, work out our differences. Well, she has yet to let me know any of that. <laughs> and no she, probably, she probably she uh, probably wants to stay away, I would imagine. But uh, she's been eyeing Calvin like she... If I could hold her on my arm, like she would bait towards him. I wonder if the chance. Sometimes I, you know, fly up a little bit. Maybe she's jealous. I can go twice as high. (laughs) It's in a book. I point to my grimoire. You want me to just take a look? Yes, just take a look. I've been telling you guys to learn this spell for so long. Hmm. I suppose that... uh, You could fly so high you could read rainbows. uh, Rainbows have words on them. I I don't know. It's a dumb expression. Mm. Well, yeah. Perhaps perhaps Susanna or Susie would be a good thing to call the eagle. You look toward the sky, and dawn is not yet broken, but being so far north as you are, um, it almost looks like there is a river in the midst of the vault of night. So with so many stars uh, that gather at a certain circumference, or a certain part as a move of the sky, almost cutting through it where it meets the vast red cloud of nearest bits of rock that float somewhere in the atmosphere where the blood moon once hung uh, heavy in the sky. Now there's just like a, like somebody took a pencil rubbing of, of, of red chalk and just kind of smudged the sky with it. It's always a perpetual red haze when you look toward the east. But the haze seems to move um, upon its own accord. Um, those who know more about the passage of the heavens would say that that the world is somehow encircling it. And its opposite always is the mirror. The great, uh, the the one moon that remains around the world, large and and, and large and round, it always hangs on the horizon, casting a great pale silver light across the world itself, mirroring the very surface of Mahama upon its own face. A dark, a, 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 a dark uh, reflection. From the maps that you have seen of Mahama, of the continent, um, you can see, you can trace similar shapes as you kind of take your finger and pass it over, you know, in the sky on the mirror, you can see the same, you can see the same lines as the continent mirrored upon it but it is pale white and silver you know I've always wondered how they got a huge giant mirror up there <laughs> some mystery the gods are, are left better unsaid wouldn't you say oh oh I know oh, how wait. brother it was hmm. a miracle a miracle <laughs> oh god <laughs> 
Okay, mark that one. That's minus 50 reward points. That one, that's good. That one. <laughs> I appreciate your sentiment. You know. Let's leave it at that. <laughs> I think I am settled on the name. I also think I know of a last name. Yes. Uh, Talons are like ducks. So we should call her Susie Duckins. Pushing for that one, haven't you? Only one, there's only one thing left to do then. Call her, see if she responds. <laughs> I call out, Susie! <laughs> Scream! <laughs> you hear the sound of a red-tailed hawk, despite the fact that it is not one. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> you look toward the sky. Got her soundboard mixed up, it's fine. <laughs> you look toward the sky to find her, and at first you don't see her at all. And the camera pans behind her. So <laughs> <laughs> dive bombing down. <laughs> Great wings <laughs> raising upward, mm. landing behind Collinsworth, and with its great claws, kind of. <laughs> at his left, as its wings fold behind it, ruffling nervously until it comes to a, a rest. Its eyes kind of blink fast, looking back and forth toward all of you with its long, jagged beak. I toss the bird a discarded scrap from the night's dinner. It slides across the, the dust, the dirt. I, I wouldn't do that. Okay. See to to bird like that. That's that food is ba- has gone bad. <laughs> Shows what I know about these things. I'll I'll get into the barrel of fish that I'm or whatever <laughs> we're carrying with us to feed Hobbs, and I'll um, I'll toss one at Susie. Yeah, sure. Yeah. On a dog, I get it. Really shouldn't be giving a dog cooked meat either. Snow-crested eagles are touched by the gods, Anjka says as she approaches. She holds out her fingers like such, and you see as she kind of brings her fingers together like this, and the animal seems to lower its, it seems to lower its crown as if it was like literally bowing before her. She places a hand upon its head. So high they fly toward the heavens that the gods themselves have crowned them in white, she says. Eagles touched the gods, and the eagle touched me. I've been touched by more than one piece of divine. You see, I feel Carl, so blessed. You see, Callsworth, that this is no magic. This is a mastery of animals of which you've never seen before. Every animal that comes before her simply bows as if she was like, as if she was their master. So, <laughs> what is, what is it that you do? I'm, I'm terribly curious. Pectish folk magic, she says. Uh, is it something that 
It's only limited to picks, so is it something that one could aspire to? Winters and winters of training. As a small, as a wee lass, I spent my time among the eeries of the Horn Society. Our people, our, our clan in particular, lived among the Aries. We spent time with the Eagles. Each of the each of the clans, including the ones that done Modra, like the Pectish, aligned themselves with as to say the spirit of an ancestor. The spirit of the ancestor is oftentimes reflected as what you may call an animal. So you're communing with the spirit? It is, she says, as she looks toward Susie Daggerton. What'd you call it? I'm sorry. <laughs> Susie Durkins. Susie Durkins. You ever need to look it up, but I mean... I have no idea what Susie Durkins is. I don't know either. Do you know who Calvin and Hobbes are? Yes. The girl that teases Calvin the whole time. Oh. <laughs> and it's also, yeah, he teases her back, yeah. What, right, but it's it's his female nemesis. I only know Calvin and Hobbes from this stupid sticker back of tracks. Which oh. is actually not um, Bill it's Watterson's not work. Uh, no, God no. <laughs> He also gets really mad about it. That's the glory of Anderson McNeil, rest assured. Yeah. <laughs> so um, I had no idea. Anyway, I do not commune, she says. I suppose is a good word to, to say. I would not always know how to to, to, to communicate, to say it in, in old, she says. But yeah. yes, I commune, I suppose which would imply that eagles are a part of my blood as much as I am theirs. Hmm. That's the, creature, the creature raises its crested, its white crested head, and you can see it now. It looks like a crown of white up on the, the eagle's head. Collinsworth, I guess you could just call her a bird hexpert. <laughs> huh. Yes. Uh, with with uh, with the Eridang people, um, we kind of have something similar, but not through the form of animals. It's through a ball made of crystal, and it usually requires holding hands with each other, and one person leads and can commune with the spirit. And, like, you can... It's pretty obvious that Collinsworth believes this, like, 100%. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. She seems to. She looks at the animal and 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 uh, Susie Daggers. God damn, what's her name? Susie Durkins. Durkins. You could just say Susie. Yes, Susie. Susie yeah. makes a series of series. Uh, although Siri, although um, Anjka does not say any word, she just kind of meets the eye line of the the creature. The eyes can lock. Um, it kind of squawks and and and, and makes a cooing sound. <laughs> Well, if it's 
If there's anything I can learn about it, I'm I am fascinated. Winters and winters of training. She says. Um, it's summer, isn't it? I tell you what, Collinsworth, I don't want to spend many winters up here. <laughs> I know I can take the cold, but it's a lot. Yes, well, um, she'll just have to accept things as they are, so um, I feel blessed with the gift I do have with animals and sort of the gift of gab, I guess, with them. Gift of friendship, as he pats you on the back. <laughs> I don't think that we'll have to be too concerned about talking and contending with animals, Dane says, the dark coal beneath of his eyes and his shaved head as he kind of comes into, into the light in the morning. There will be Pictish people at Dan Modra. Well, um, I don't know anything about what is polite in Pictish society. He looks at Anjka. Anjka says, they like to kill us. So the polite thing to do would be to die, but we can't do that. <laughs> so I'm afraid that we may end up coming off as rude. Exactly are we going to do when we get there? Dane inquires. You I look at this point that Dane is a revolution. Anjka kind of keeps him righted, but even then she is no she is not a leader. I'll follow my gut. I I have a feeling I can track down Otrig and assist him. He'll know what to do next. This is not the Black Hinge. You told us you know how to get to here. That is further down the road. But what of this stone you must cross now? Well, I suppose we could skirt around Don Modra and make our, <laughs> way, our way past, right? It is not going to happen. <laughs> Don Modra, Anjka says, is the eldest of all hill forts among the Pictish. Well before the Andalese came to the first shore. It is in the highest mesa, and from it you can see the Andals Bridge a day away. Hmm. You don't suppose they would uh, allow us pass us with passage with trade, would would they? Anjka kind of looks at everyone. What trade? I don't know. It was just a thought. Perhaps we have something that they may need. I don't know. Maybe they're bored. You could entertain them. <laughs> <laughs> something tells me the language barrier may be a problem, but uh, I would be completely opposed to it. Are we a uh, Andalese traveling uh, circus? Consider the history of your people in the Pictish. Did you not see the signs leading here? 
I appreciate the levity, but that is not an answer. We do not come here on a fool's errand. Indeed, we came here to find Otrig. Yes. Well, do they Pictish? Do the Pictish not recognize that Andalies have a history here too? <laughs> Can we not just pass through and honor our own debt as well? Uh, uh, I think that our history involves crusading through them and lots and lots of violence. Shows how much I know. Dead Anjka says the, the days of it is passed down from our elders through stories about the coming of the Andalese. The Aridane, the Aridane, she corrects herself, of, of druids who were miters of metal and bore weapons that flashed with light, like lightning, she says. And when the Andalese came, they they were born upon animals the world had not yet seen that clattered and clanked like they were born from hell, she says. You would know them from the storm on the horizon. You would hear the Andalese and they would come and then you'd see the flash of heavenly light from their bodies and their blades. And they all were miters of steel. So the the Andalese had wizards back then? I always thought that it, that um, the first wizard was uh, Walstanian. You know, uh, like Osbert's a wizard with his wand. She shrugs. The coming of the Aridane was marked in blood. The tribes of Guarhal scattered so powerful were the druids of the, of the Aridae. Tall and fair-skinned. Unlike what we had seen, our people had seen ever. Say, Dane, have you spread the rumors of the Nameless this far north? Dane kind of rubs his thin beard. We have not traveled beyond the Horn Society for... Hmm. Very good reasons that Pictish are violent people. He looks at his wife. <laughs> mm. Angica, do you think you could at least get us to speaking terms with them? She says, I am no mediator, but I can I can translate, she says. The words would fall to you. She looks toward all of you. Perhaps we could let you lead at first, you know, just to she make introductions. I she say. shakes her head. I am no mediator, she says. I was born very low, she says. My tribe is considered blood phallic, which I guess means outsider. Well, um... You can translate at least then, right? She nods. 
tend to be fairly proficient at negotiating sides. So we is have to go through the master this. master tells you, Dane says, smiling. He has oh. before. I mean, it doesn't have to just be the master. Um, right? But I suppose it is your call. Dane looks at Anshka and Anshka looks at themselves. What? So do we have to go through the city or can we go around the mesa? Or is the idea that they'll see us from the mesa no matter what and then come chase us down? Anshka says the mesa is high across the valley. We will not pass by without being seen. We might as well go there. But, okay. Because where was uh, Otrix's destination again, remind me? The Black Hinge. The Black Hinge. The Black Hinge, and that's not here. Further north. It's but, uh, across, okay. it is west of the, it is east of the Andals Bridge, she says. We will not have to cross the Andals Bridge to get to it. Remember, the druids cannot cross the river. So why do we not just give this place a wide berth? They can see us from the mesa. No, then they can chase us. We have elk. Perhaps we could we could state that we're looking to escort this druid from their lands. I'm just wondering why we are walking straight into the lion's den when we can go around it. Because they'll chase us. Well, then they chase us. Why walk into the mouth of a tiger? <laughs> I the think, think what he's saying is he's trying to see if we can get away rather than assuming that we won't. I, I think the idea is there's there's no escaping it, so we may as well bust best foot forward and... I mean, if, if we're going to negotiate ourselves out of this situation, it pays to approach them in good faith. Sure. That's how you want to do it. You don't agree? Uh, I mean, my track records thus far has been terrible. So uh, <laughs> let's go with your decisions. All right, then. It's settled then. Right? Yeah. Collinsworth? Keegan? Keegan just goes, sure. Uh, well, I mean, you can either try and run and hope that you make it and have poor negotiations, or you can try and have some better negotiations, but not have an option to run. If it was a one-way trip, I would I would side with Calvin and say we should we should try the running. But seeing as how we'll have to come back, Dane begins cackling. <laughs> what makes you think this is not a one-way trip? Why aren't we going? Back? Because I am destined to make it back. Oh well, it it, it may very well be a one-way trip. Yes, but uh, um, you know, at least it's not supposed to be we're planning on it being a, you know right being able to go there and back again mm -hmm. we have been sent 
on a mission that we are not expected to return from. <laughs> then why did you go? Thanks to Anshka. We had no choice. You think that we are accepted? Even among the nameless? That's silly. Is it? No, it's not silly. It's just not right. We made a choice to hand fast, which is forbidden in Aglador. The people of Sentinel Pine are Aradane. They have been in the North for 10 years, but they do not forget. What, do they require you to be married? It's the union itself. Oh. Some oh. wouldn't take kindly to such things. Yes, I know. Back at home, I guess. Okay, well. The Grellstutters are a very obstinate, stubborn people, he says. <laughs> well, um, could we at least pretend that it'll be two-way journey? I would like for it to be so. He smiles. It would make the better story. Okay. Yes. Let's pretend. And since we're pretending, I would say you'd be welcome at Stonehope. But uh, <laughs> at least as far as my as far as my opinion is worth. The, 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 as as positive and upbeat as you are, you can you see this look on Dave's face. <laughs> you might as well be telling him you're going to go live in the stars tomorrow morning. Like he smiles. Yeah. Yeah. Nice, but it. It seems like an impossible to him. His words carry a, a very grim portent. Just believe for a moment in a happy ending. We'll make it happen. Um, you see, you two have chosen the right thing because I believe in a thing called love. <laughs> what a rhythm I catch. Yeah, just listen to the rhythm of the heart. It is quite romantic. There's the sun beating down. I believe there is some sort of story about this. Well, uh, in one of the novels back, back down south, Romulus and Jane, or some such. I can't remember. <laughs> As interesting as this story is, uh, the longer we stand here staring towards this, the more possible that someone sees us before we have a chance to introduce ourselves. Isn't that true? You have made camp for the day, mm -hmm. to be clear. Sorry. Yeah. Oh, okay. Yeah. yeah sorry I, about about that. That. I thought we were still yeah, traveling. Oh. Well, we've, we've struck camp. There's not like we can unstrike it and recede into the darkness and and hope they didn't see us. If, if they've seen us, they've seen us. Well, if they've it. seen us, I'm going to go make food. <laughs> By all means. <laughs> I won't be stopping you. <laughs> the great elk kind of make their bully bull sounds that elk are ought to do. Success. I'm sorry, oh, what? 
Uh, oh, feast or famine? I was just cooking. Since we're having. Oh, yeah. okay. I didn't even give you a difficulty rating. Please, oh, please sorry. Don't, unless I give a DR real quick, guys. Just as a reminder, um, it'll be routine for you. What was your tap? Would you roll? Oh, I rolled against standard, so and I succeeded. Okay, cool. So uh, anybody who will eat this evening will go one step up the damage in peril condition tracks. Uh, <clears throat> um, so from here, we will draw a curtain over um, the scene and we will resume next week um, with uh, the, the trek to Dunmodra, however you decide to do that. Tim will be back next week too, so you have a chance to think about it, maybe reformulate your plan, maybe discuss in the open again what you want to do. Um, but nonetheless, no time wasted, no conversation wasted. I'd like Tim's input on what to do next yeah, year. Without a doubt. So we'll, um, let's We, uh, we let him get through the tough part of the journey with that one. He wasn't here. Oh, <laughs> boy. Oh, yeah. So, he didn't have uh, any danger toes. So, danger toes. Danger toes. Danger uh, toes. I was going for those toes. <laughs> so, 75 reward points tonight. Man. Oh, those rolls. Jeez. Um, let's do our conflict roll. What do we have for conflict counts around the. Oh, I bet they're high tonight. Yeah. Seven. Uh, only 13. Keegan? Yeah. 16. Oh, gosh. Uh, Osbert? 10. The roll for tonight is 6. Sweet. Wait, is it meats or beets? Meats. Okay. So if, if you meet... One of each. Meat, yeah. meat, manifesto. Well, no, if you meet, you gain a chaos rank. Oh, meat. Okay, so then I get two. Yep, so it, you get yeah. <laughs> Ooh, I'm getting closer to that determination. You hear that? Nice, 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 nice. Okay, so let's uh, let's talk about tonight. Um, let's start first with um, Calvin. Calvin. Um, yeah, Calvin. Oh, like <laughs> Calvin's having some serious problems with his magics right now. Mm. For the last like couple weeks, it's just been like. <laughs> really bad <laughs> like yeah. several i think crit failures um so i don't know he's like he's just in a in a rut so like hopefully he pulls it off here in a clutch moment but uh yeah i don't know he's kind of struggling with that like he's like okay well if my magic's not working what else can i do like that the others can't because we do share a lot of like common skills and abilities uh -huh. so yeah yeah. More more secrets to learn in that new grimoire, though, right? So, yeah, you can now you can now uh, access because um, we never really covered this. No, you didn't tell me it was in the grimoire. No, I really took a look at um, it. You can now uh, effectively uh, access. You've already got access to black and white spell listings, if I'm not mistaken. I don't. I think that was the one I didn't have. Okay, let's, had... let's, give, you, let's give you access to that now. Okay. Yeah, because I had witchcraft, the regular stuff, and then I think that was the other one. Outcome witchcraft, and now the lesser keys of Solomon. <laughs> uh, so, black winds, bridge of realm, changeling, channel the spirits, contact the first fallen, damnation, transfer mind, polonite, quake, homunculus. I mean, the only problem is I'm never going to get to 
advanced tier if I keep on spending all my money <laughs> or all my RP. Oh man, I think yeah, it's worth right. it. Yeah, that's the that's the tough part. I mean, yeah, we get lots of yeah. The intermediate tier spells are so powerful in this game. Um, yeah, Bridge the Realm was teleport. <laughs> yeah. Do you does Calvin blame this spell failure purely on himself or some something else? Yeah, I mean he's, he he blames it on himself for trying to learn it in a day. Because like learning to fly, I think he took like two weeks to do just because we had the extra time to take the time. So you weren't channeling power either. <laughs> I didn't I did not risk backlash. So backlash. Because uh Risking it still wouldn't help. Now, and then there's also a thing about the elements list where normally if you take six or more corruption, you cannot cast spells. Mm. Yeah. That's bad. bad. Remain balanced. Well, generally it's because uh, they also get to pick a couple seasons where they get to drop the amount of chaos dice they have to roll. So, Uh, conflict within a session or. Conflict in a session. Oh, okay. Yeah, gotcha. yeah. Within a session, so I wouldn't be able to yeah, cast magic. Yeah. yeah, right now. Now that we've finished the session, I can try to cast magic again. <clears throat> yeah. So that's something that yeah has to be considered. But yeah. if Dan can stop rolling, like I'm, murder <laughs> with those dice. It's, it's these two dice right here. Mm-hmm. I yeah. To God, like I would, I would just, I was last week too. I was like, wow. That's the worst I've ever rolled for players. Mm-hmm. Like usually just boom, boom, boom. Um, yeah, we kind of got caught in that really bad cycle of um, that that critical failure in that spell. I think really, mm-hmm. I mean, and who could have saw it ha- coming? But I um, mean, that bad. I thought three of us were dead. <laughs> I was like, all right, pulling out my backup character. <laughs> mm-hmm. I thought this was it. I, yeah. I was like, we're gonna die of exposure tonight. Oh my god. Yeah. But for everybody. smart sacrifice on Keegan's part. Let's, let's move back next to Keegan. 50 reward points, by the way. Mm-hmm. Ah, new spell, you mean. <laughs> oh, new spell. Um, Keegan, what's going on? Um, I think, weird as this sounds, Keegan probably feels somewhat fulfilled. Um, I think... Keegan has somewhat of a barter complex and he knows he gave some of himself to be able to push the party to continue. Mm-hmm. So I think there's a part of him that's actually kind of happy with that um, right now. And he feels kind of confident because he's like, it worked. I, you know, I, I did it. I did it. Cause that's Keegan in a nutshell is he's somewhat of a Labrador. And when he gets praised and does things well, he gets happy. <laughs> yeah. Um, so I, th- I think that's also kind of part of what it is. Um, as far as the toe, like, you know, he, he lost some toes today, but um, making sure that no one else did is kind of his thing. So he's like, doesn't even really care that much, which is hmm. strange to think, but it's true. So he considers it wasn't a total loss. Total, total, total loss. <laughs> well, I think that, you know, we talked a lot about Five. this idea of Keegan being this like, follower but it's clear that keegan tonight like took command of the situation like a really bad situation like mm-hmm. i mean you sacrifice three determination <laughs> yeah i mean it has to be promote some sort of sea change i think in your character right 
I, I think to a certain extent he like he's a servant, but I think a lot of people assume that servant or like people who follow other people have like no strength and have no character or whatever of their own, but that's not the truth. You know, they are people, they just don't want to be in front. And I, I think that's part of what Keegan is, is he just doesn't want to be in front. And, you know, he wants somebody to tell him somewhat what to do, but he's still a person when it comes down to it. And he still has a personality and everything. It's just when it comes to action versus inaction, if somebody gives him an action, he's going to follow it. That if, if it's a person that's someone he trusts in a leadership position and maybe not even necessarily trust, but someone who has enough persuasion to push him to do it, you know, um, and that's kind of what he is. But at the same time, him being that is useful because he will always be there to back up those, you know, that he considers his party or his group or whatever. Yeah. So I, I think that's kind of where he's going at this point. That's good. That's good reward points. So next to Collinsworth. Well, Collinsworth was really happy first, you know, because he got the, the bird and then um, when things turned for the worse, he just kind of sat there. Froze up? As, yeah, he froze <laughs> up, yeah. Uh, um, oh my God. Due, due to his laziness that is a key word for his character that uh, he just kind of didn't really do much to help the situation sure he was like thought of some smelling salts but that's the easy way out too you know it's like um so uh you know particularly uh since it wasn't his smelling salts. So, you know, that was him at his worst. And then once we got into a safer location, maybe not from the picks, but from, you know, the, the temperature, uh, he started to really brighten up and, um, you know, uh, leaned into his love and, um, you know, try and be positive. And that's when he heard about, um, you know, the, the not accepting the hand fasting, you know, he kind of almost thought it was ridiculous that no one would because love conquers all, you know, that sort of thing. Um, so he's he's feeling really positive after coming out of that near death experience with no personal consequences. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Fair enough. Uh, 50 reward points. Yeah. Uh, it's uh, if you take the sum of the whole part, it's like, it was kind of a great sacrifice that happened to find the eagle, right? Mm -hmm. Do you feel guilty? I'm just kidding. Sure. Uh, Adam, as a player, feels a little guilty, but Collinsworth doesn't know. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Collinsworth has the alignment of lazy asshole. <laughs> I, just, I mean, yeah, yeah, love and laziness, yeah. <laughs> so finally, we moved to Osbert. So Osbert's flaw is deviant and his belief is destiny. And I think this session was like a really good encapsulation of like the pull between those two things, those two extremes, because, um, you know, at the darkest moment where everyone was kind of clinging for dear life and, and just trying to survive, um, he kind of just like let everyone kind of suffer for a bit. He could have, he could have been calling on his Faustian bargain at that point. Honestly, he's a character. I, I uh, forgot about it. Um, but I think it kind of fits in with the story and, and the fact that he just, 
he's a he's a sick minded individual that loves to be loves seeing torture and loves like to revel in it a bit. Um, but then it, when it comes down to it, he doesn't want everyone to fail. So um, when it came to a point where we we're losing the trail, that's when he pulls in the fast Faustian bargain because it's the our destiny to reach the location no matter what happens no matter how many toes we have to lose um other people's toes but (laughs) (laughs) um i i think that you know that's kind of a kind of a messed up thing in his own mind that he had to deal with and that kind of obviously um contributed to the, the flaw rank he took tonight um but uh I definitely think it fits in with the, you know, the, the character arc as a whole that, you know, he, this, this is when he makes his sacrifice when, when the mission is in danger, not when his friends are in danger. Yeah. Yeah. That's interesting. Uh, so 50 reward points. We'll see how that play uh, pans out. Um, so we'll continue next week uh, on desperation point. Thank you all for listening and watching. Uh, you're probably yeah. seeing this on YouTube. Uh, we've got, uh, sorry, I think it's this, this is now the eighth video in the can. Uh, so we'll be back next week on episode, on episode session 27, session 28, sorry. Uh, yeah, session 28 is next week. Good game, guys. Yeah. yeah. Mm-hmm. Okay. We will see you all next week. Goodbye. Bye. Good night. Good, night. good luck. Good luck. <laughs> <laughs>